Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back, Redheads, to another episode of the Redheads Book Club April edition. This is your April Fool's episode because our April Fool's connoisseur, Dana, got to pick the book this month. And I would say it was a joke. Was it, Dana? <laughs> hey, so fucking true. Um, no. No, it was not a joke. I'm really, really excited to talk about this book with you guys. We have not discussed it separately offline at all. And I don't know what today's episode is going to be, but I have a feeling I, I know, you know, some, some tensions might fly. Um, but before we get into all of the drama surrounding this month's book, I want to check in with my girly swirlies because it's been a month since we dropped our last Redheads and so much can change in a month. So let's start with Dana because you are our April queen. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for asking, Jax. Um, March is my favorite month, so sad to see it end. Why but... is March your favorite month? Because of March Madness and, and Rebecca's birthday, of course. Oh but my I just glad. like. Are you love Pisces? In, are you enjoying how things are shaking out for March Madness? Um, I mean, my bracket is so screwed, but I think that stands for everybody since there was no number one team in the Final Four this year. Um, our Colgate friend Alexandra Burnett won because she was the only person who picked UConn. So I love that for her. Always happy to shell it out for that kind of winner. How much does the winner win the in your pool? Seven hundred dollars. Wow, damn. that's yeah. great. That's not awesome. nothing. That's what you get for like having a big group of friends. You get to have a really big pool. It's and I do winner takes all, which people think is psychotic, but you know I like to maximize the price. The what do other people do? Like they split it up based on who. First, second, third? First. Yeah, exactly. Damn. No, I like winner takes all. And also, I know so many people who you texted and forced to join your bracket, like, didn't even join, like me. Like me. So that's pretty cool that you still got $700 worth of participants. Thank you so much. Yes, Claudia was the uh, representative from the Ashray Flam, and she was actually in first place for a long time. Like, she held out for a few weeks. I actually think if I, know, I had I joined up, I might have done really well. You would have won. Because I would have chosen the Florida teams, yep, yep. and they went really far. Yep, it's no, so Jackie, true. you obviously would have But won. Did, did, would Alexandra still beat me because she chose UConn, and they're at the final four, final two? Um, If you... Yeah, I guess so, okay. because both Florida teams lost in the final four. Right, okay, so I I won't. So it's almost better, because, like, imagine making it that far to lose. Oh, I would have like, been devastated. not even make it at all. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, okay, well, I'm glad to see that you're doing well and that your your league is thriving. We'll catch up Thank with you, you next year about how things are going. Uh, Bex, how are you? I'm great. Um, nothing major to report. It's officially crisp Sancerre season. Jacks, I'm celebrating with you in spirit. Um, but 
I feel like it's been a mellow few weeks since we last congregated. Um, I've also been into March Madness, but I didn't make a bracket, so I felt a little less invested than years past. So it's just a reminder for next year that to get involved, it's just a good way to participate. Hang out with the girlies. Totally. It is a fun way to be a part of something. Speaking of being a part of something, Snitch, how are you? I'm good. I did not dip my toes in the March Madness water. However, I am part of the Redhead, so I feel as though I am part of something. Yeah. And besides that, all good. Magnolia just got home from a walk, and she's got her bracas in a twist. And that's really it. A lot of travel this month, so I'm happy to be in my bed at the moment. And that's all she wrote. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And also, some bittersweet news from the snitch that you released this week is that you're no longer doing your other podcasts. I am not. You're no longer cheating on the redheads with another podcast. So this is kind of like your one-stop shop for snitch news. I'm a one-podcast woman, you know, like real. I didn't say this in on like our final episode just because like I didn't want to be rude but like the reason I ended it is just because like redheads is just a priority for me (laughs) (laughs) I hope you're not lying no it's definitely a priority for me but no I we ended it because it um we were just too busy like it just with with things like redheads with things like redheads and um yeah and it was just time you know all good things must come to an end and for that yeah no Understood. It's kind of a win for the redheads because now it's like if you want to drop anything to your podcast, like we get the exclusive, like no, no totally. longer have to split you with the other podcast. And so if you have like any life updates to announce, like you have the floor. Should I Don't like forget about the redheads? Next time I have like a life update, should I just like save it for the redheads? Like not put in a YouTube video, like Instagram story, nothing like, hey, guys, I just announced that I got married last week and it's on the redheads. Yeah, honestly, that's what we need. If any one of you could do that, I I really can't because I do a daily show that requires that mm. I share my life. But I would take it from any one of you if you want to drop some like really clickbaity news at the Redheads. Okay, I'll. We need to get a hundred k by by summertime. I'd say so. Oh, start. I think thinking of those nuggets. Realistically, we want a hundred k on Instagram by the end of the year. Like I think that's a realistic goal. That's I actually kind agree. of the rate that which we've been growing. So. I hope that we continue on that track. And that would be enough for me, Dayenu. Speaking of, happy Passover, y'all. This episode is dropping on a Thursday, of course, first Thursday of April. And it is the holiday of Passover. We are pre-recording because we would never be recording on Passover. We will be celebrating joyously. But if you are celebrating wherever you are, happy Zisim Pesach. Hag Sameach. Hag Sameach, y'all. Okay, so... I guess that we could dive into this month's book. If we must. You know, let's. We're going to have to do it, and it might as well be now. Mm. So I don't know how this discussion is going to go, but we're about to find out. This month's book, we read Big Swiss by Jen Began. It was a Danish choice, and we did tell Dana, choose anything you want. Like, you don't have to worry so much about, like, what the audience is going to like and what the hosts are going to like because we've done a lot of really, really good books. Like the last nine books we've done have been really enjoyable for everyone. And it is sometimes fun to switch things up and read something like more controversial and a little more polarizing. And Dana didn't disappoint in those two departments. So let me give a quick synopsis on the book and then we're going to each share 
our overall thoughts. But the book follows a woman named Greta. She's a 45-year-old woman. She has moved to Hudson Valley, New York recently, and she just got a job as a typist or what a transcriptionist for a sex therapist named Om. And Greta is definitely an eccentric and over the course of the book we learn about her personal history. She's had a lot of trauma in her past and just a you know unconventional lifestyle and especially the lifestyle that she's leading now is extremely unconventional. She lives in a 300 year old house with her older female friend. They cultivate maggots and bees and all these wildlife there she has a dog and she uh types up notes for a sex therapist um she while she's while she's like I don't know what else to say about her while she's been typing up these notes there's one patient who stands out to her whose name, codename, Big Swiss, because she's a big Swiss woman. Her name, her real name is... Um, Flavia. 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 But she doesn't feel like a Flavia to Greta, and I do feel that. Mm-hmm. Um, she's so not a Flavia. So big, uh, Greta has been listening to Big Swiss's interviews. She's transcribing. She's definitely fixated on Big Swiss more than she is anyone else, because some of the other patients, you know, they're a little self-involved and here, you know a little eye roll but big swiss means business she's had an extremely traumatic life experience but she does not let that define her and greta is really in awe of big swiss is what it seems to be like her you know her constitution and, and her beliefs and just who she is as a person and her resilience and one day greta's at the dog park with said dog and her dog gets attacked, mauled by another dog, and someone comes to the rescue, and it is Big Swiss. She recognizes her voice, and there are some descriptive factors about Big Swiss in her interviews and her sessions that Greta knows this is Big Swiss. So what does Greta do? She pretends to be someone else and starts an affair with Big Swiss, knowing all these intimate details about her personal life that you would only share with a therapist, and she kind of is manipulative in how she pulls all of that out of Big Swiss while already knowing. Big Swiss is married to a man, and so she's cheating on her husband with Greta, who goes by Rebecca, but then also like Big Swiss Swiss thinks her husband's cheating on her, And so I'd say like the middle half of the book is all about their torrid affair and each of them discovering their sexualities, discovering each other, discovering themselves, also like projecting a lot of themselves onto the other person, etc. Then of course it all comes crumbling down in Greta's face because the sex therapist and Big Swiss figure out what Greta has been up to, that she's literally listening in on all the sessions and engaging in an inappropriate relationship with big swiss so big swiss has to ream her out and greta goes on this like kind of journey of spiraling but getting towards a place where i don't know of self-acceptance um the therapist decides to take her on as a patient because she clearly needs help and then uh big swiss's husband gets beat up by big swiss's former attacker and greta gets two donkeys the end did I sum it up? Yeah. Crush well it. done. A plus. Yeah, there are a lot of different themes and different storylines, characters throughout that we will discuss in the DBQs, but that is the synopsis. The book is extremely, like, it, you know, it, it, the prose is, is very detailed, as are, like, the sexual situations. Like, it was a very descriptive book, you know? And I feel like 
it is as much you are reading it as much for the plot as you are for the writing that's how I felt yeah Mm-hmm. Well said, yes. I agree. So let's get into who liked it, who didn't. Dana, we'll start with you because you chose it. What were your thoughts? Guys, I loved oh this book. There's it is truly one of my favorites that we've mm-hmm. ever read for the Redheads. Where do I even start? The writing. The writing was unbelievable. Like the wittiness, the banter. I could not get enough of Greta. I thought she was hilarious. I never wanted her to stop talking. I never wanted to, like, stop seeing what was going on internally in her monologues and also, like, externally when she would talk to people. I thought she was so spot on. One scene that I can't stop talking about that I loved was when she met one of the uh, clients at her home who was looking to buy weed from her housemate Sabine and she recognized her voice but she's held to an NDA so she doesn't say anything but then at the last minute she slips and says you remind me of Jason Bateman which was one of the things that the uh, client said in therapy and I lost my shit like I thought that was one of the funniest lines in the entire story and just like the way she played with language I thought it was an extremely fresh story like rarely in these books do you get a transcriptionist for a sex therapist who lives in a town with all the clients that she faces on a daily basis like I thought that was really novel and refreshing and I just really can't say enough about this book you would recommend this book to people do you want to also say April Fool's (laughs) (laughs) no I'm kidding I that actually does not surprise me and I feel like I'll go next because I feel very conflicted about this book in the sense that I did not like it I didn't but I wouldn't say that it's a bad book I would just say like it I should not have I wouldn't have picked it up like it's not my genre even though the writing was really fresh I agree and it it was um it was jam-packed but it wasn't too dense like I felt like it moved quickly and it was it, it, it flowed really well it was not for me and I really I did not like Greta and I did not find her funny and she is the book so for that reason like I wasn't going to like the book but even though I disliked it, I wasn't mad at it, if you know what I mean. Like, when I disliked yeah. Country Friends, like, I was, like, reading it with balled-up fists. And, like, I don't remember exactly what I ranked that. I feel like I might wind up ranking this similarly, but it doesn't feel fair because that's not a statement on the book itself, just about, like, my relationship to the book and how it wasn't for me. But I wouldn't say, like, it's a bad book, no one should read it. I would just be like, know what you like. And I would recommend this to Dana in a heartbeat, Yeah. Well said. Rebecca, you've been awfully quiet and I don't know how you feel about it. I know. It's so fun when this happens. You guys loved this book. (laughs) I know. And Jax, I like, we like quickly like DM'd on Instagram like something about this book and then I got a hint that you didn't like it. So I was like very mum because like, I don't know. I just think it's so fun when we have very raw like reveals of how we truly feel. Mm -hmm. But I loved this book. I thought it was so clever. I thought they were so witty. To Dana's point, it was an incredibly fresh approach to a novel. Even just the way that it was, like, the transcriptions I thought were really interesting. I loved, like, at one, I think there was one scene, it was maybe when Big Swiss and Greta first met. And Big Swiss was like, are you transcribing this right now? And then, like, the narration switched to transcription. I was like, wow, this is so smart. I thought it was an intellectually stimulating book of fiction. I thought it was very funny. I always looked forward to picking it up. And it was just so, I honestly think it's one of the best books that I've read in a very long time. I really, I, I, I'm like, 
I understand why, at least Snitch, I understand why, like, it wasn't your cup of tea. Jax, I kind of thought that you would get down with it more. Like, I didn't, I didn't uh. hate it. Like, when I was reading it, like, I didn't hate that I was reading it. I was just like, I would wish I was reading, like, a different book. But it's not like I, I'm trudging along, like, begrudgingly. Like, I would read, I would pick it up and, you know, 10% went by, like, really quickly because the writing was really good. And I do agree with you, Dana. Like, the thing is, yes, it's a, the storyline is very fresh. Like, the idea of a sex therapist transcriptionist who lives in a small town. But I couldn't even appreciate that that's what the story was because Greta was so ridiculous and she wasn't just like a sex therapist transcriptionist who lives in a small town. Like she was like a psychopath who like was not like a rational human being. And like I just deal in the rational. And so if she was like who we were, who was taking us through the story, she's not my, my protagonist. On the spectrum of rationality and absurdism, this definitely leaned towards the absurd. So I get that. I also was getting hives at the description of the house with all the right. magnets and, and the like, spiders on the box. I was just like, like no, like this isn't real. Greta's not a real person. Like she wouldn't like choose really to live this way. Sabine too. Like and just all there was always just like period blood around, and like <laughs> that's just not my scene. Yeah, that is a good point that, like, you don't really, like, tolerate that shit. You're, like, mm, moving on. Yeah, it was just, like, a little, like, it was kind of filthy in, like, the filth sense. Yeah, it's, like, not safe for work. Like, I, I would not recommend And I'm talking work. outside of the sex stuff. Like, it like it was just, like, a, a backdrop of filth. Like, and, like, Greta was just, like, this person who couldn't take care of herself and she's 45 years old. And, like, I, I it just, it's not for me. One last thing I'll one say. One last thing is before I, we get a one-two punch. <laughs> 100%. I did not love the ending. And I thought that the, the last like 10% of the book kind of like fell apart. And I was a little disappointed in that. Because it, it, for me, like it was really consistently strong throughout. And then all of a sudden it abruptly ended. And I was like, wait, I'm sorry. Like where, how did this all happen? Like the donkeys, Sabine having like an addiction. And like there was just a bunch of things that didn't really tie in. And I was, I thought they were a little unnecessary. And I'm not positive why the author felt it necessary to include them. I agree with you, Ray. And I didn't love how Big Swiss's husband got stabbed. It felt like a convenient yes. way to just like cut off all ties as opposed to like delving deeper into why they should cut off so all ties. Random. I agree with that, Dana. Like they never actually had to deal with like breaking apart. It was like, oh, there was a yes. stabbing. And so it has to be this way. Exactly. But they didn't have to do like Lazy. the emotional hard work of like not choosing each other. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Our fourth and final opinion, the snitch. What did you think of Big Snitch Swiss? This conversation <laughs> is legitimately a fever dream. Like, it's not happening. Like, there's no world in which I'm talking to three people who read the same book as me and two of which loved it so much that it's one of the best books they've ever read. Like, I think that I maybe read the wrong book because this book was horrendous. Like, I dreaded and honestly I fucked myself because normally I give myself enough time to read these books where it's like I have a week and I can like you know consume it at my leisure no I started on Saturday so I had to bang this thing out like in a day and when I tell you I was miserable like I just all of it I mean maybe I'm not the audience for this I mean I'm definitely not the audience for this book I think that that we can gather that but like I 
yeah, the filth part of it. I was just like, when she was sleeping in the closet, and then the bugs came, and uh, they were like in her everything, and but, then she. But Margo, she, don't worry, don't worry. They were just passing through. Oh, that's what I was about to say. That's what <laughs> I, I was about can't. to say. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? All of it, and then she asked for like know. a chamber pot, and like all of it. I'm just like, where am I? Like, what am I reading? Like, this is just out of control. But what I will say, and Dane, I agree. Like the premise of the book is actually a great idea and it was just horrendously executed. Like, I feel like if this was a book where it's like someone is a um, transcriber in like um, for a sex therapist in like this like town that's like big little lies vibes and it's like solving yes. a mystery, like whatever. But this, mm -mm. I do think it was poking fun at Hudson and like the ridiculous community that feels as though they're so off, like they're living off the land, but really they're just like egotistical, wealthy hippies who like just need an outlet i guess i don't know hudson that well Same. where it's like i i don't know how stereotypically like comical they are because i'm just like oh that seems like a nice place to live and uh it looks pretty and the people seem nice i don't know it's like kind of like an extension of brooklyn like the really polished parts of brooklyn got it yeah like the setting was just lost on me as was the storyline because I found the protagonist to just be so unbelievable. And, like, even when she would go into, like, detail or, like, stories from the past and it was just, like, so verbose, like, so gratuitous. There was always, like, a detail that you didn't need to fucking know. Yep. And it was always just a, sh a hair too far. Mm -hmm. But that's the point of the book. Like, and there and, – and for, like, someone like Dana, like, that's what you love and that's just not what I love. So that's why I'm saying, like, it's a good book. It's just not a good book for me. Yeah. And I think uh, to your point earlier, Snitch, would you recommend this to everyone? Not everyone. That's good. Specific people. If you had read this on your own, Dana, and then you did like in the last segment, like other books we read this month, would you have told any of us to read it or any of the listeners? Yeah, but I would have put um, a caution tape on it, like a warning sign, like read it, but this is not your average book. Got it. But yes. Okay. Well, this is going to be a great convo then because we've got two sides of the spectrum and we've got some great DBQs from our, uh, you know, publishing house reading group group guide. Thank you. But before we get into that, I have to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Pear Eyewear. You guys, I don't know if you saw my Instagram, like me and my shades driving in my new car, but I was wearing my Pear Eyewear sunglasses that I got because they are a partner of the Redheads and they are so cute. Not only are they just cute sunglasses in general, but you can put like a little lens on top of your lenses to turn them into completely different sunglasses. So they're like two pairs of sunglasses in one. Plus, if you are blind as a bat, like Snitch and Dana, you can get prescriptions on your lenses and just be like cute so cute and styling and you can also do like clear lenses as just glasses but we love pair eyewear here at the redheads we all have different eyewear needs snitch obviously wears glasses mm -hmm. i wear sunglasses becky likes to match a glass to her outfit and with pair eyewear there are hundreds of magnetic top frame styles to choose from with new collections every month you can channel bold artistry this spring with the launch of collections celebrating frida kahlo and van gogh and the top frame start at just 25 dollars, so you can create a collection that expresses every facet of your style yeah you could get a, a pair of frames and a bunch of top frames and all of a sudden you have all these extra sunglasses for a fraction of the cost so bring more color into your world this spring with pair eyewear go to pair redheads for 15 percent off your first purchase 
That's pair, P-A-I-R, eyewear.com slash redheads. Today's episode is also brought to you by a new sponsor that I did tease on the toast, and that is Hatch. If you guys don't know about Hatch and their alarm clocks, like I'm about to change your life because my life has been changed. They just released released the Hatch Restore 2. It is your new bedside sleep companion inspired by nature, backed by sleep science, and designed to take care of you from sunset to sunrise. You can tap into your circadian rhythm every morning with a gradual sunrise alarm that wakes you up gently, and you can establish a phone-free routine that helps you break your late night scrolling habit, the snitch. So snitch, I know that you have a Hatch. I got my Hatch Restore 2. I just want to say like, on the mornings where I've had the um, privilege of waking up before Harry wakes me up, I've been waking up with Hatch. It's gradual over 30 minutes. Like I tell them what time I want to be up. So 30 minutes before that, they start putting this light in my room that slowly gets stronger and stronger. So I am actually waking up on my own and not even with a sound. Like I wake up right before the sound plays and it's so much more pleasant. I've been in such better moods and I'm able to enjoy my mornings. I need this. So head to Hatch. You guys, you have to get it. We have to get for Dana and Bex because um, Snitch and I are just like on another level. We're so well rested. Maybe that's why we could see that this book wasn't good. And you guys are just so tired (laughs) and delirious. Head to hatch.co and get free expedited shipping on your new Restore 2 so you can start feeling well rested ASAP. So that's hatch.co and I'm really pumped to share that with you guys. Let's get into the questions. First, Greta signed an NDA when she started working for Om, but she sometimes tells her roommate Sabine about the sessions she transcribes. Why do you think she does this? If you were in Greta's situation, would you be tempted to discuss information like this with a close friend or partner? This is giving husband secret. Would you or wouldn't you? 1,000% would. 100% would. I'm sorry. Like, some of the shit she heard is fucking crazy. Like, you would have, you can't keep that shit to yourself. Okay, I feel like maybe, maybe I would. But now hearing it in Dane, I don't know why it didn't like dawn on me before. It's a small town where you know everyone and you're listening to their sex sessions. Because given that, I would feel like no. But if it was like in New York City and it was a little more anonymous and it was like, oh my God, this person does this and this person had that, I would maybe like tell a friend because it would be so low stakes. But because it's a small town I don't think I would. I would feel really, really weird. I would actually be a great transcriptionist for a small town sex therapist because my lips are sealed. Your lips are honestly too sealed. Like it's on, it's nuts. So you are correct. You would not share. I would 1000%. I wouldn't necessarily divulge a name. Like I don't think that's necessary. And she didn't necessarily, she didn't really know who it was. She like figured it out based on voices. But I would, I would share highlights, crazy facts interesting anecdotes but I would not like then point them out if Sabine and I were in a cafe and I overheard a voice I wouldn't be like oh that's the person who loves Jason Bateman I would like let that I would keep that to myself it's hard because like Sabine is her trusted best confidant like she should trust her but Sabine is also the town busybody who knows every single person so like the chances of Sabine knowing the person that she's talking about are is high risk but like I would definitely tell her like that the juiciest shit from sex therapy getting transcribed like how do you keep that in your head yeah well you have to be the right person for the job you me if the you know if the redheads fails that's where you'll find me (laughs) hudson new york okay next question when greta encounters some of om's clients in hudson she thinks they were as familiar as characters from a novel and when she meets big swiss greta felt an intimate 
immediate intimacy in the same way her favorite podcast hosts sometimes felt like friends, she said. What do you think of these kinds of one-sided, also called parasocial relationships in the novel and in your own life? Do you think it's possible for them to ever develop into mutual ones? That's such a great question for a podcast. Yeah. It's such a great question for you guys in particular. So, like, you tell us. Like, if have you become friends with people who were first fans? Oh, yeah. I feel like that's also how I do make some friends. But I do feel like I'm on the wrong end of answering this question. Like, what's the relationship like when you are listening to someone every single day and, like, you feel like you're friends? And then if you were to meet them, like, it's, a, it's an odd – it's an odd thing because yeah. it's like you feel like you're friends but actually when it turns out you've never met this person it's extremely that's how I feel about Amy I was say, like it's how people are with like Taylor <laughs> Swift yeah is that how you feel about Taylor Swift yeah like I feel like I know her I could totally be her friend like but then if you met her like what would happen I'd pass I feel away like it's, so I couldn't continue I know I feel like it's bound to fail when it's a, it's a one-way parasocial friendship you know yeah I think about it too like it reminds me of a first date or like even going to college for the first time like Jackie like I knew who you were from Cali and like knew where you went to camp and knew you had sisters but it's like then you meet these people for the first time and you're trying to make a good impression in college like how much do you betray how much do you try to play it cool how much do you like sound like a stalker and like when you go out with someone in this day and age you look them up on LinkedIn you look them up you on know where Facebook. they live like, the Zillow you know, yeah the Zillow. <laughs> literally not the Zillow so, yeah <laughs> You know how much their parents bought their house for back in 2002. Yeah, and like Greta acknowledged that she slipped up sometimes with Big Swiss about like things that she couldn't remember where she heard it in therapy or with her. So like I think the answer is it's always best to go into a relationship completely blind so that you're not like always double thinking what you know. I agree, but don't you think that's nearly impossible nowadays? Like I think that's how it should be. That's the ideal. But like do we need to set a new ideal that takes into account like the internet? Probably. I think that you just have to be as transparent as possible. About like, what you know. I'm not really one who will like feign not knowing a fact if I sort of do know that. I, I can be like, oh, I think I, I remember you mentioning that to me or it was like our mutual friend who mentioned it to me. Like just so I'm not a freak. No, I'm a liar. But I'm there have been moments where where I have betrayed my internet sleuthing and like there is no greater embarrassment yeah. <laughs> or shame rather it's shame yeah yeah I haven't had a moment like that in a while but I feel like exactly what you said like when you're going to college and like we've stalked you until your middle school days and now you're expected to yes. like, be like oh and I went to prom with him and it's like I know I saw you looked great <laughs> yes oh my god now well, now I'm remembering like two moments Sh- now shame. you have to share it's like <laughs> one of the moments is like a friend that I went to high school with like her literal college roommate that like I have never met I met her in person like at a wedding or something and I like brought up a high school a memory from her high school experience that like I had stalked on her Facebook from her high school she was like how on earth could you ever know that and I was like I'm so sorry I actually I can't explain myself oh my God, but that's literally Dana yeah I mean Dana. <laughs> yeah that's actually true I can't like court the queen when it comes to this type of and that one material. landed well like she was receptive and so excited about no, it. no she was not okay she was like girl you're truly a stalker yeah <laughs> and I was like you're right I will back away slowly wow also not to be overlooked by the way it is very important to remember that Big Swiss also noticed Greta beforehand in the supermarket and couldn't stop thinking about her forearms lifting into the freezer. So, like, yeah, how could we forget? It, it kind of was mutual no, in a it sense was, no, where, it like, 
It wasn't because there was a disgusting imbalance of power and Greta used to her advantage all of these private intimate facts to like sway her. But the fact that Big Swiss before ever meeting Greta did notice her in the supermarket and thought about her I thought was like a very interesting addition to this relationship because it wasn't like completely unrequited. No, I don't think it was unrequited. But I think it was a disgusting imbalance of power and an abuse of power. An abuse of power. Do you think without... Greta's insight, intel, what have you, she and Big Swiss still would have fallen for each other? I actually do because like Dana said, like Big Swiss had her eyes on Greta and then Greta would have been taken with Big Swiss like the minute that she saw her just like everyone is. And then Greta would have naturally discovered these things about Big Swiss that she already knew and that she already liked and she would have fallen for her in an organic way without this like stain of her doing something so unethical. Yeah. True. So I do. And I don't even think she really used the facts that she knew to like manipulate Swissy Poo. (laughs) But but just like knowing them maybe also allowed her to be the person that she thought Swiss needed. Yeah. Yeah. Which turned out to just be herself, right? Also, like, is there anything more frightening than, like, being with somebody and then listening to, like, what they say about you, like, in therapy? No, I was obsessed with that part when Swiss was reading her to filth about how she's, like, an unhinged, unstable, unreal person. And I was like, finally, a mirror is held up to Greta because we know she doesn't have any in her house. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When she was talking about, like, the decrepit home that Greta lives in, and Greta's just mumbling to herself. She's like, it's brick, bitch. That's just not going to fall. Yeah, no, but it's like so funny. The way that Greta saw herself versus the way that Swiss saw her and Greta having to sit there and listen to it, it was actually like an appropriate punishment for what Greta was doing. So true. Like, to me, like, that was a gorgeous scene in the way that, like, Dana thought um jason bateman jason bateman was like beautiful i thought that was divine justice (laughs) um okay let's go to the next question quote i'm not good at playing the passive female big swiss tells om when recounting her traumatic experience with keith do you think this is true of her character what about greta's I actually thought a very interesting line when they finally had their big confrontation after the reveal, um, when Big Swiss was, like, accusing Greta of cashing in on her trauma currency of her mom's suicide, which I also thought was, like, a wonderful dialogue back and forth. Like, how long are you going to continue cashing in on this? But then Greta kind of threw it back on her and was like, whether you like it or not, you're inadvertently coasting on your own trauma because anyone who knows you knows what happens to you in this town. So, like, they put you on a pedestal, but you're so accustomed to that, you don't even realize that's what you're doing. I just thought the sparring of words in that dialogue was so spot on. And then it, like, caused me to challenge Big Swiss a little and think, like, is she not good at playing the passive female? Or has she curated this entire environment whereby, like, she can't be passive because she has this history attached to her and everyone bows down to her because they know that. Yeah, no, it was a fire point that was made, but Greta was still, like, in the minus column because of what she did. So I was like, you're not going to take Swiss down with that, but good try. And I still agreed more with Big Swiss in the banter of how, like, you're cashing in on your mom's suicide for your entire life. Like, take some responsibility. Right, and it's like, okay, as much as Swiss, like, might not want her trauma to define her but it does because this in she's in a small town and everybody knows what happened it's like what so she should move because of what happened to her just so that she can make sure she's getting equal treatment it's like well that's extreme too maybe there's just no way for 
her story to not be a for her story to be a part of her future. That's hilarious. <laughs> There's also a good kind of parallel point that Greta says, yes, but you're suggesting that adultery is somehow more refined or genteel than eavesdropping, and it yeah, isn't. Yeah, no, it's not like, not more than eavesdropping, but that's not what Greta was doing. So stop calling it eavesdropping, bitch. Yeah. Like, I adultery mean, is more serious than true. eavesdropping, but that's not what Greta did, so it's not, I don't, I don't see the the point. Like, what Greta did was she was literally, like, in a breach of contract, breach of trust, unethical. Eavesdropping is something that, like, it's not illegal. Totally. To not get hung up on the concept of eavesdropping, to put the two next to each other, adultery versus what Greta was doing. Adultery I is think, more genteel. <laughs> but I do think that, like, that's also a kind of a similar line of argument. Yeah. No, and she, just an important I agree. Like, thing to yeah. Think about. Big Swiss wasn't perfect. Like, it's not like Greta, it's not like they were having, like, a a kosher relationship where the world was their oyster and Greta only ruined it because she was being dishonest. But the dis, I don't know, the dishonesty of taking someone's like private thoughts Mm -hmm. and it's pretty bad manipulating them with them versus like the everyday dishonesty of having an affair. It's just like on a different level. Also, I actually don't think Big Swiss was as mad as she could have been. She, like, handled it kind of like no, a jail. No, she also, like, kind of knew all along. I'm sure, like, she was, like, getting off on it and getting off on, like, Greta having to listen to her talk about Greta. Yeah. 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 Also. Yes. We're not talking about Greta. Um, right. Or not. Oh, fuck, I forgot. And not that it makes it, it better, but Big Swiss also thought her husband was having an affair, so I feel like she convinced herself it wasn't as big of a sin because, like, she was retaliating. But I also felt like no Big proof. Swiss and her husband had, like, an unconventional relationship. It's like when he found out she was having an affair, he already knew and he, like, didn't care. Like, they weren't, you know. Oh, that's what I was saying. Like, also what I thought was interesting. The Brady was Bunch. When it all came out and um was like, yeah, duh, like everyone has seen you in the bathroom, in the alley, in the this, in the that. And it's like, <laughs> why didn't they, like, they didn't even try to, like, keep it a secret. Yeah, I think that's just the product of a small town. Like, even when you think you're getting away with stuff, everyone knows everything. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, they, they did think they were keeping it a secret, I think. They were just bad I think it. also the author had just, like, this idea that everyone had this implicit knowledge of Hudson because mm-hmm. that didn't even occur to me that they would be, like, spot, like, everyone who sees them out and about, like, knows who they are because she would talk about how they would go into a bar and everyone would be so taken with Big Swiss and it's like, you're not constantly taken by the most beautiful woman in town. It's like, you know, she's arresting the first time you see her. So... I just wasn't getting the vibe that they were surrounded by people who knew them. Well, was it that or were people like staring at her because like everyone knew what happened to her and they were like, oh, there she is. From Greta's perspective, it was her beauty. From, from Greta's perspective, yes. But then she, someone was talking to someone. Sabine, and, I think. And she was like, oh, yeah. And she was like, yeah, everybody knows what happened to her. Yeah. So that, I don't know. that raised my, my brain. Right. Both. Right. Okay, next question. How does Gretel hand Gretel? How does Greta <laughs> hand, handle hearing Flavia reveal personal information that she already knows? Have you ever had to listen to someone tell you something private that you already knew? How did you react? Yes, yes, but on like a much lesser scale. Not them mm-hmm. telling me like a 
horrible, horrifying story that requires a reaction. Mm -hmm. Just like, you know, maybe a bit of tea I already heard first, but I knew it was coming my way. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. That's that's easy for me. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, but not anything like so. Yeah. Okay, next question. Greta says Flavia is the reason she rediscovered, quote, her own appetite. Discuss the connections between desire, obsession, sexual satisfaction, and romantic love in the novel. How does Greta and Flavia's relationship compare to the relationships they've had with men? I thought it was weird how their affair brought uh, Big Swiss and her husband closer. Like, all of a sudden, they had an active sex life and they were obsessed with each other. And I guess that, like, happens because then you're no longer, you have this, like, guilt propelling you to, like, please the other partner. But I also felt like Big Swiss was more than Greta interested in doing normal things like let's go outside, let's go on a walk, let's do this. Whereas Greta was very contained within the four walls of the bedroom and that's the only place she wanted to be. Yeah, and for her it was more about like this sexual appetite and not about like the other things that come along with being in a relationship. Yes. She was like insatiable in that sense. But I think that was also some of the other stuff she was working through in terms of like discovering her own desire and wants I question mark I kept wondering like I, I kept mark. thinking I kept thinking about if she washed her sheets or not probably like, I don't not. think that she had a chamber pot like that for me was fucking no that's like, imagine the imagine the smell <laughs> yeah, the in the antechamber no <laughs> literally no it sounded kind of cozy in Dana, there no, you have didn't. to go to prison like why just like why did it have to be like that you know what i mean it didn't have to be like that it didn't have to be like that it is true why did it have to be like that i think it was supposed to like mirror the chaos internally of how like externally and then like at the end they tried to put it in a nice bow with um diagnosing her and like she's living in this house because it's falling apart all that crap also i wish they explained i was literally about to say that why haven't we spoken about the bees yeah, the bees. The bees were like a, a, a cuter feature of the house. Like, oh, and there, and we have our own beehive, and we make our own honey. Like, <laughs> and then when they didn't even want the honey that it produced, I was like, "Are you Can't joking?" Relate. After all of this, yeah, I was like, "At least take the honey." Like, what a delicious present. Uh, yeah, I think that was supposed to be some psychological analysis of like the bees were dying because they themselves were because the house to was each other. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think you have to be, like, a real messed up person to sustain living in that home. And it was just indicative of how truly Yeah, honestly, broken. now in hindsight, like, thinking back on it, it's like, I feel like the book was trying to normalize those living conditions. Like, oh, and some people just live in, like, 17th century Dutch homes that are falling apart, but they're beautiful and they're falling apart. And then the wallpaper, it's layered, haha. But now, like, when you take a step back and you look at, like, everything we know about the house, like, it really feels like, you know, a, a drug addict or a junkie would live there. Yeah. And, like, that was Sabine for those two years. So yeah. I don't even think that Greta – I think Greta thought how she was living was maybe normal because her friend Sabine lives like this, but, like, she's actually been living like a junkie. That's a good yeah, point. Yeah, that is a good point. The whole thing. But then, like, why whole... does Big Swiss want to go over there to have sex? When she Especially... comes from Frank Lloyd Wright house. Literally. I know. I guess maybe Luke, like, WFHs, and they can't be there. Get, like, a hotel? I don't know. No, but she liked it. Like, she liked the filth. Ugh. And she oh. liked, like, people who are cold. Yeah, oh my god, that. What a she was her date. own breed of bizarre. She was her own breed of bizarre. Just more well-masked. Yes, yes. 
Yeah, with blonde hair. Okay, next question. Discuss the representation of bisexuality and queer identity in the novel. What stereotypes does it explore or dispel? How do Greta and Flavia think about their own sexual identities or about each other's? I thought they treated it very casually. Yeah. Like, didn't make it a big deal. You could They weren't like, I'm gay, I'm straight. She was like, oh, yeah, I have, like, liked girls in my past. And I also liked guys. Like, they were very normal. Yeah, I feel it. like they didn't really think about their own sexual identities yeah. or what this relationship meant for their larger sexual yeah. identity. It was just like, I think at one point, Greta even said, like, it's about people. Like, who the next person that she would be with, like, could be a man or a woman. This didn't, like, make her – she was already bisexual, but, like, this didn't, you know – in, uh, make her know for sure that she's a lesbian but just that this is the person that she really likes so I felt like it almost yeah. it was dealt with in the way that it wasn't dealt with and it was mm-hmm. just like we are two people connecting totally agree I felt like talking about this topic it's like we actually didn't really talk about it like it was just it, it spoke for itself yeah but it was interesting in the first therapy session when Big Swiss was like, yeah, uh, a woman hit on yeah. me. She was gay. And Greta was like, I am. I did. It was also funny when Greta went, took us back in the past and was like, I was engaged to Stacey for 10 years. And we're all just assuming like it's a woman because yeah. we know that yeah. she's about to fall for Swiss. And Stacey's a man. Yeah. Yes. Hilarious. Yeah. Male Stacey. But then she also followed the girl to horse camp. Like she oh, yeah. Right. But then she fell in love with Diego. Yeah. Diego. <laughs> Who was like basically like I think partially why she was so infatuated with Swiss. Yeah. Blonde European. Yes. Which um drew the dots on. Yeah. Okay. Next. Yeah. Oh. Plot twist of the century. Um turning out to be like an actually good therapist. Yeah. hundred percent. Oh he crushed the psychoanalysis. Yeah. The he, I mean per, he progressively got better. Like in the beginning he was just like a quack Hudson sex therapist who's like having sex with his clients. But like can we touch making... back on that? Because what was he? Yeah was he? Yeah he admitted it at the end because when she went into his office she was like why do you have a bed or whatever And he was, was like I'm a sex like, therapist. Oh. So I guess he's like yeah. has sex with them to like show them how to have sex and like to I don't know unlock something. I don't like that, that one it's bit. It's part of his methods. Beyond. Right. Is that what happens? Is that There's is no that like a part that of that kind legal. of therapy? Well, if it's like consensual, you're paying for it. We need to find out. It's it's Jackie. When you do this next for your next career, can you let no, us it's know? Like, when when I transcribe, yeah, I'll let you know. Yeah, I'm like Tina. Do you know me? <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it does sound weird, but I it does sound like it would be like illegal in some way, but. I don't know. I feel like it happens. That doesn't sound that far-fetched, honestly. Sure. Who knows? Or maybe I thought at first he had the bed because he, like, has couples have sex in front of him and he, like, yeah, gives that pointers. would make a little more sense. Or if, like, someone have someone, like, masturbate and, like, you know, like, he's there and helps guide or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, he turned so out to disturbed. be chock full of good advice. Next question. Did you notice any generational differences between Flavia, a millennial, and Greta, a Gen Xer? How do their own opinions about the other's age impact their relationship? I actually felt, even though they tried to note examples of like Flavia being such a millennial, um, I actually felt that they were reverse in their um, attitudes. That Greta actually exhibited a lot of classic millennial Mm -hmm. attitudes, and Flavia had that like stiff upper lip of older generations where it's like, you just get through things and you move forward and, and we don't focus constantly on how we're feeling. And Yeah. Maybe that was intentional, maybe not, but I completely agree. And, like, 
uh, Swiss's capability in the great outdoors and her just ability to function in general versus like Greta's inability to be a human being or like go outside during the day. I thought maybe I, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but that's the takeaway I had too. Yeah. Also, even Greta's relationship to her dog Pinon. No offense, Margot. It was like very millennial and snitch and magnolia, <laughs> like codependent. This is my child. That's really how millennials mm-hmm. like are right now. You know, they're having children later because they're like, my dog is my mm-hmm. child, and that was Greta and Pinon. Yeah, I don't really see anything wrong with yes. that. <laughs> <laughs> Another interaction I loved between them was when um, Greta accused Big Swiss of suffering from terminal uniqueness, which she described as this willful ignorance of pop culture in order to be unique and, like, set yourself above everybody else. Um, That's like Dana. I thought it was... Yeah, a little bit. Like, I kind of related to it. I was like, I don't post on Instagram and I stick to Snapchat because I think I'm above the fray. Like, that, like, kind of blinders on. I didn't, whatever diagnose Big Swiss is, like, doing this willfully to be cool. But, like, I thought it was a good point. I didn't, I didn't feel that Big Swiss was doing anything, like, to put on. Or maybe I just, like, totally misread her. But I didn't feel like she was being anyone, like, other than her authentic self. Like, she was very serious. And she also, when asked, she said how she felt. Like, she was felt. She wasn't, like, cagey. And even though... In her day-to-day, she wasn't the most, like, emotional, touchy-feely, loving person. Like, when Greta needed to hear certain things, she said them. So, like, I I didn't feel like she had packaged herself or, like, branded herself to be, like, this just Swiss, icy woman. And that's not who she really was. Like, I felt like she was someone who, like, spoke the truth, didn't, har- like, wasn't so emotional, but, like, is capable of emotions. Um, and I actually feel like Greta suffers from terminal uniqueness. Yes. And that was a case of projection. That's a good point because then she repeated it in therapy and Big Swiss was and almost like, oh, so she thinks you're a snob. And like uh, Greta was fist bumping and being like, yes, that's exactly what I meant. But like, you're so right. It was a projection of how she was insecure herself about all these meaningless facts that she knew that like Fabia had no patience for. Yeah. Even the way she was living was like trying to be like terminally unique because this isn't how most people live. Yes. Okay, next question. During an infamous dinner party, Luke tells Greta and Flavia to please stop bickering like sisters, to which Flavia remarks, we're more like mother and daughter. Do you agree with either scenario? If the latter, who do you think is the mother figure and who is the daughter? I guess by asking the question, I think we're forced to sort of say that Flavia is the mother and Greta is the daughter which is like you would think it would be the reverse because they're age yeah but it is kind of true like Greta is a child she behaves in such an immature way it is exhausting I thought that line was mostly also just to like provoke Greta um in making a dig about her age like saying mother daughter was more so like trying to piss her off yeah but I think Am eventually nailed it where it's like actually Flavia Greta was acting like her own mother with you know Flavia having to like give her enough love so that she wouldn't uh be drawn to suicide that's a really good point um once again spitting facts nailed it nailed it that was a nuts dinner party like something I never want to relive yeah when Greta that was the climax of the whole oh yeah oh my god it was it was too much when Greta apologizes Flavia tells her I don't accept apologies sorry something you take off a shelf it means nothing to me what did you think of this response? Is there something else Greta should do to earn Flavia's forgiveness? 
Well, I thought Rit said it well before where I thought Flavia like forgave her a little too easily. Like she didn't seem that mad. She like came back the next day. Another technique that I thought was lazy in addition to the stabbing where they had were forced to break it off was the dog getting shot at like the peak of their fight where they were finally dishing it out with each other. Like then Big Swiss was forced to be there for Greta at a time when she did not deserve also, it. Also like her period. <laughs> no, when she yeah, was hemorrhaging in the woods and Pinion was dying and she was wearing a diaper and a nightgown, like that's when I that's when I solidified my rating for the book. Yeah, I, everything was up in the air before that, and that's when I knew for certain how many stars I would give. Yeah, it. it was moments like that that I was like, I'm not positive like the relevance or contribution to the overall message. Yeah, same. I think she was just going through menopause, and the author really liked describing disgusting details like that. Yeah, yeah that was nuts. But, like, maybe I'm being, like, a little harsh because, like, that's, like, not a regularly discussed topic. And maybe it's pinpointing or highlighting the fact that, like, menopause is widely discussed. Menopause, rock on. The issue is that she was sitting in an already full diaper because she couldn't be bothered to get up and change herself. 45-year-old woman going through menopause can't just, like, you know, service herself and clean up. And so she runs out into the woods in an already soaked diaper like even harry wouldn't do that uh, even, even harry. harry would get his diaper changed before he started running out you know like that's where i i have sympathy like listen you're bleeding like you can't help it but like you sat in your in your filth all day yeah that was rough and when she didn't know she had her period the first time that they had right like you're 45 like you don't like how know are you not in tune with your body you know like you feel that shit <laughs> Yeah. This is such a detour from Addie LaRue, and we never even heard if she got a period. Literally. And she probably <laughs> didn't. But, um, no, and also it's like you don't have track of your cycle at 45. Like, when it's it's every month for probably 30 years at this mm-hmm. point. <laughs> it's not, like, it's not that crazy. <laughs> Anyways, next up. Discuss the presentation of trauma in the novel and the different ways Greta and Flavia deal with what they've experienced. Greta references her mother's suicide as a reason for the decisions she's made, but Flavia retorts that she would never blame her choices on her traumas. Do you agree with her, or do you think we are conditioned by past events to behave in certain ways? How did the novel's humor affect your experience reading about these heavy topics? I think it's a little unfair to say that her past trauma can't influence her behavior. I think it's inevitable. She was so young and and just conditioned from the time that her mother killed herself upward with no real guidance, therapy, instruction, structure. Like, I, I can't totally fault Greta for becoming kind of a shit show of a human yeah I also think Greta and Fabia were two extremes when it comes to like processing Mm -hmm. trauma Greta obviously you know literally has blamed everything in her life inadvertently on it and Flavia is uh militaristic about being moving away from it and it not affecting her and I and I think that the the best you know way through it is somewhere in the middle where like it really it shouldn't define you if it, it like you don't want it to because it you are more than that like you should be able to survive but like 
it will always be a part of you. So I think that they spoke to the two extremes pretty well. But I did have a lot of respect for Big Swiss's mentality. And I I really liked that take. And I thought it was really refreshing because it's not something that you really see often. And I think that's why Greta fell for her in the first place. She was like, oh my gosh, this woman who's renouncing victimhood as opposed to all the other clients I've transcribed in my life. Yeah, but then why did Swiss like Greta, this person who blames everything on her trauma? Because she was being manipulated with her deepest, darkest secrets about like, oh my God, she knew I was Swiss before I even told her. Oh my God, she knew this, she knew that. She mentioned my aura. She was just like using those things and stockpiling them and deploying them at like moments of vulnerability. Damn, so maybe they wouldn't have fallen in love after all. But I do think Greta is, like, rough around the edges in a way that, like, Big Swiss kind of appreciates. I agree. Like, she's not exactly, like, pandering to, like, the the socially popular opinions. Yeah, I also think Greta's in so many ways the polar opposite of Luke, who she had become sort of stale with, and Greta just offered a whole new world of emotion, you know, anatomy, emotion, everything. And as Om said, he's like, it's not a coincidence that when Keith got out of jail was the same time that you met Greta and, like, basically transferred your emotions about that to this person. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Now, one more question. Consider the non-human characters in the book. Bees and maggots, dogs and donkeys. What do they do for the story, literally as well as metaphorically? Do you have a favorite animal in the book? I agree with Rit that the ending, the last 10%, didn't really do it for me. Specifically, like, the last page where she was wrapping it up with how comforting the sounds of the donkeys were eating grass. I'm like, this just had nothing to do with the whole novel that I thought was so brilliantly written and, like, delved into. Why are we ending with these donkeys that existed for five minutes? Yeah. Maybe because they, like, can heal a wounded heart or a broken heart and, like, now, like... Sabine has met this other donkey lover, Dave, and, like, maybe now it's, like, they're going to heal Greta. I feel like there's something there. Yeah. It didn't totally land for me, but, like, I feel like there's maybe greater messaging that I'm just not having the patience to look inward. Same. And, like, Sabine did talk about getting donkeys the whole time. Like, that was the poll, so maybe it was finally, like, a closed circle. She made good on her word, but, like, I agree it wasn't landing as easily as most other themes um, did. I liked Pinyon. Obviously. Ugh, too Same. many descriptions of him. I liked him. I don't care what he's I don't care about him. He's no six thirty. Oh. He was trying to be Oh my god. Wasn't. The way that I so mean six thirty, like I know. <laughs> no one will ever be six thirty. No. Jax, who was yours? Did you have a favorite animal? Uh Swiss's dog. Silas. Silas. That's my kind of guy. Yeah. Serious. Gorgeous. Yeah. Okay. Now it's time for the redhead questions. We only got one this month, but also I forgot to like put the actual official call out on our Instagram. So, but I think this one question actually sums up the (laughs) whole book. The redhead questions are brought to you by Babbel. We love Babbel here at the redheads because it's the best, easiest, 
best way to learn a new language which is a goal for so many of us and sometimes it's one of those things you'll be say like I'm gonna do that this year that's my new year's resolution like I really want to learn a new language but it gets pushed to the back burner and then all of a sudden you have a trip coming up and you didn't learn the language but get started with Babbel because with Babbel you only need 10 minutes less with Babbel you only need 10 minutes to complete a lesson so you can start having real life conversations in a new language in as little as three weeks Babbel lessons were created by over 150 language experts and voiced by real native speakers, not computers. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective, and they have 14 different languages to choose from. It is the best way to learn a new language. You do a little bit every day, and you'll be shocked at the progress that you've made in just a few weeks. Right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to babbel.com and use promo code redheads. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com code redheads. Thank you, Babbel. We truly love Babbel here. Babbel. Thanks, Babbel. Our one and only redhead question. Am I alone in feeling super conflicted about this book? I'm not sure if it's one of the greatest books I've ever read or one of the worst. Furthermore, I can't decide if I love the characters in the book or hate them with every fiber of my being. I've never felt this way about a book and was wondering if any of you feel the same way. I mean, I would say that sums up this episode. We have two people totally. who think it's the greatest book they've read and two who think it's one of the worst. I think your feelings are valid. <laughs> yeah, your feelings are valid as ev- the whole episode is an answer to your question. Yep. And like you can hate I, There were moments where I hated Greta I thought she was behaving like a three year old As a 45 year old woman I don't think that's acceptable But I could still appreciate The intellectual curiosity She piqued for me as a reader So like I kind of get the push and pull Okay good If you were also feeling that way Which I'm sure a lot of people were You're not alone <laughs> Now it is time for the moral of the story What is the moral of this story Dana I put, you can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you react to it. That's very good. Mine was unpack your truth, and hopefully your life will be way more straightforward. (laughs) Mine was don't read this book. Oh. (laughs) I always like to come to my moral after the discussion, and I guess I would say honesty is the best policy. (laughs) Live your truth. That's probably it. Live your truth because there's a lot of different meanings to that. That might sum up the book. Yeah. Okay. Hollywood treatment. If this became a show, who would we cast? Let's start with Greta. I had Liv Tyler. Oh. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, because she's really supposed to be beautiful, just, you know, chaotic. I had Sarah Paulson. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Dana? I had Natasha Leone. That's that very good, very Dana. Good. Oh, I think I have a That is very much. good. Shailene Woodley. Mm. Oh, my God. Are oh. you Dana? No, like, I just feel like she like <laughs> would play this part. But I kind of see that. I know she has the energy, but she's 45. I feel like Shailene and is the, like And 40. her age is key. No. No, she's not. Wait. She's like no, 35. I'm fact-checking. Continue. Okay, yeah, fact check. Next, we have Big Swiss. I had Gwendolyn. Wow, okay. I had Gwendolyn Christie for Big Swiss because she's the tallest, blondest woman I know. <laughs> um, 
I'm looking her up. Is it bad that I don't no, know who that is? No, because she's most known from Game of Thrones, but you'll recognize her probably. I know exactly who you're talking yeah. about. Great call. I had Jemima Kirk from Girls. Oh, that's good. She's very Hudson. Yeah, she's like blonde, elusive, ethereal Hudson. Very good. Dana? I had Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, that's good. Thank you. That's interesting. That's an interesting one. Snitch? I fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think I just got my, like, wires twisted. Because I had Nicole Kidman. Oh, no, I thought about her too, Snitch, actually. Because she has that, like, exotic, like... And the blonde hair, but she... i That's not a bad one. Well, she, she could have blonde hair. Yeah. It's a, it's the right, like, vibe, but it's, like, almost just like Gwyneth Paltrow. It's kind of like Greta and Swiss put together. You know? Yeah. It's not either one yeah. of them. Okay, great. And then we could also cast Om, oh. though. I have him in my head, but I can't I put a name to him. I have him in my head. I that happened either, to me, too. I do have a decent answer for him. Mike Myers. Okay. Okay, I like I, it's I not like that. horrible, but I I was thinking someone like a little more mm. serious. I had Jason Mansukas. Google. You need to Google yep. him. M a n t z o u k a s. Okay, here he is. Oh, that's good. That's really it's him. Good. It's him. Long. Yeah, it's him. And I had him in my head, and I was like, how am I ever going to find out who this man is? And I literally, like, closed my eyes, went to the depths of my soul into, like, a Broad City episode that I saw, like, 10 years ago. And I pulled him out from that. That's where the best ones come from. Yeah, I feel like that's who I was imagining. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Dana? I had um, Dax Shepard. Okay. Too handsome. It's not the craziest thing she's ever said. And because it's armchair expert. That's why. Yes. Yeah, I could see that. Okay, now it is time for the overall rating of this book. We will go good, bad, good, bad, and start with Dana. Dana, what did you rate this book? I gave this a 4.6. Oh, Jackie, we have to rectify the situation. (laughs) (laughs) No. I really looked into my soul for the – well, no, looked into my past reviews and – I feel bad because it's like it's this it's this isn't what the book rating is it's like just my rating of it you know what I mean but I guess that's how we get to the redheads rating because that takes into account all factors I gave it a 2.5 oh I'll do one better damn no wait wait Rebecca 4.4 oh my god yeah, no, I I loved okay. this book, you guys. Like to be clear, Margo, I love. Keep it. in mind, Margot, that you finished the book. I finished all of the books. No, I know, but like <laughs> only a DNF. No, I didn't one, give it a one. So I didn't give it a one. I gave it okay. a two. Okay, go ahead. Okay, okay, that's you guys. We're, honestly, it's gonna it's gonna oh, like shake ask. out to be a three point three seven five. Given well, that's literally like. <laughs> in between zero and five almost so yeah <laughs> i think that we just have to accept that accept it and no one's I gonna think be we need to make a pledge to rate the books before the I, conversation i had that rating do in you my think head that's fair day. or like do our 
No, I'm not saying we didn't. I'm just like thinking like as a non sequitur. No, like what do we think I about I think that? it's a good point. But I do think that like the co- the conversation does often influence your rating. And like that's good. Give the chance. It always makes yeah, it better, not true. worse. So give the book the best chance possible. And like maybe you just didn't get stuff about it. Like not you, but one in general. Like didn't missed a bunch of stuff. But um, we can correct that here. So I think it's good the way we do okay. it. I think so too. But always open to hearing what the redheads think. I feel like people actually know. I'm glad that I have Jackie wow. on my side because I, if I didn't, I feel like people would like just like call me stupid and negative and yada yada. But yeah, but <laughs> well, you know they will. But a lot of people are feeling conflicted about this book. So I think like we really represent how most people felt about this. Very divided. Yeah. So I'm putting. I this, actually have no idea I'm how people feel. Putting this into the spreadsheet, I think people were really mm-hmm. taken aback by this book. Jarring, like it is. It's like, jarring, shocking. It's jarring. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. My head was kind of in the sand. Like I didn't read Facebook or like redheads comments. Like I, I didn't talk to the ladies. I was just like doing my thing, reading it at home, waiting for my unpacking. So yeah. this book ranks number twenty nine overall in between in five years and the unraveling of Cassidy Holmes. Ooh, I loved it. And like years. the last, I would say the last 10 books are like, you know, pretty, the bad ones. Not even all of them. So, honestly. Feels right. I guess it does. I don't know where I would put this book with the other books. Like it's, this book broke the mold. Which I love. It suffered it's, from terminal uniqueness. It, it's <laughs> such a Dana's choice. It is. So that's I a wrap love. on Dana's pick this month. Thank you, Dana, for this journey that you took us on. And... Now it is time for the other books that we read this month. I'll go first because I only read one. It took me about three weeks to finish this book, which was surprising. Um, It was City of Girls by Elizabeth Gilbert, which was recommended by the two of you. And I didn't love it. Like, I didn't hate it. Um, It just didn't grip me until about 60%, probably like from 60 to 80%. And then again, I was like falling off. And it just took so long to read and I just could give two shits. Wow, Jess. Like, everything up until, like, her scandal, I was, like, bored to tears about the play and the playhouse and, like, her just running around town. So I gave that a 3.5, and it took up my whole month. I literally couldn't read anything else. Wow. Shook. Did you feel that it was similar to uh, Rules of Civility? Yes, in the, in the setting, but that was it. Got it. Well, thank you for your feedback. Yeah. Thank you both for your recommendation. Who's next? I didn't read anything this month. Love that for you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'll go next. Um, the Lucy score um, sequel, Things We Hide from the Light, took up most of my month because it was so, so bad. But I did eventually finish it. I would literally give it like a 2.5 or a 3. Like it was not good. And then I read a book that I so, so wish I chose as my Redheads pick because it was so good. And I feel like you guys would absolutely love it. It was called On a Quiet Street by Serafina Nova. It, the, re- the the remainder of it is being glass, but I think everyone should read it. What, what kind of book is it? Is it a thriller? It's um yeah, it's a thriller, and it's like um it's on a quiet street, and basically it just like starts out with like a murder, and then it's like about all the neighbors and like them all like you know, like you know spying on each other, like blah blah blah. I really think that you guys would love it, so I really recommend. Ooh, fun. Um, but yeah, great. 
I guess I'll go next with I also read On a Quiet Street by Serafina. Oh, you did. So when you thought it, it was fucking trash. <laughs> what? Dana, I literally cannot. Like, it was, we're not the same. I'm with you with Husband's Secret. It did give that. And, you know, if you're in the mood for, like, a big little lies, town drama, secrets, it's not the worst book I've ever read. But I just read it after books that I loved, so I was not on board. Uh, but you know, to each their own. A lot of people. I read it because you and Helps Read both loved it, and that's usually a surefire yeah. thing. But perhaps I was just in a different mindset reading it. Gave it a, perhaps gave it a two point five. Um, but then I read a book called Sam by Allegra Goodman. Loved, 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 loved this book. It gave it a four point eight. Loved. I read Pineapple Street by Jenny Jackson. This is like all the rage right now and in the storefront of all these bookstores. It's like wasps in Brooklyn, like hiding secrets. I gave it a 3.0, but I think it has mass appeal. I read Whispers and Roars by Kay Webster. Snitch, I think you would love this book. It's like so porny and like not safe for work, but like also kind of has like a really good psychological element. I just hated the writing. I thought it was so terribly written, Um, but I gave it a 3.2. And then I read We All Want Impossible Things by Katherine Newman. Um, this was okay. I gave it a 3.7. Awesome. Wow. Big month for you. It was a long month. Mm-hmm. We had that extra week. Did we? Oh, because February is short? No, just like we recorded uh, today and like usually it's the week before, but like Not the really. first Thursday of the month. Oh, it felt like a long like first Thursday of April fell No, on. you just read a lot. Be proud. Oh. Well, I know what you're saying because nor- sometimes like April, like the first day of the month right, will be right, that right, Thursday. Right. So we have to record like in Got March. It. But now that's not the case. Okay. Well, now it is time to hear what we're going to be reading next. Snitch. It's a snitch's choice. Um, uh, so I was choosing between a bunch, but then ultimately I had to go with the one that I chose just because of the name. We will be reading The Magnolia Palace. By Fiona Davis. That's so cute. Um, and it's like a murder mystery. I've been into those kinds of books as of late. Oh, that's a nice divergence. Awesome. It's, it's a like mystery. it's a murder okay. mystery in the Gilded Age. The Nolio Palace. That Can't sick. wait. Yeah, right. It's the Magnolia Paris. I don't, Palace. I don't want people searching it wrong, but I'm going to call it the Nolio Paris Palace. Jeez Louise. Okay, well, you guys, thank you so much for another wonderful episode of the Redheads. Thank you, Dana, for inspiring this episode and conversation um appreciate you all so glad that we are now all of your number one podcasts snitch and we will see you next month make sure to follow us on instagram at the redhead so we can reach that goal of 100k by the end of the year and we'll see you on the next one love Love ya bye. bye